And what you do is called co-counseling. And that skills are in my books to remind you of this. There's a lot of information and beyond Mars and Venus. And even a minute from Mars is called the feeling letter exercise. So you just do it verbally. First thing is what makes you frustrated or angry? Boom. Talk for a little bit. Amplify. You do that just for a couple of minutes. Okay. You have to learn to go through this stuff in 10 minutes. Okay. So amplify. Now, next question. What makes you feel disappointed or sad? Okay. What makes you feel disappointed or sad? And now use the phrase, I feel sad, bad, I feel disappointed because, and you might even throw in occasionally and why, and some more, more explanation for a couple of minutes. That's it. You dip into, I'm angry. The opposite emotion is sad. It's soft. It's maybe tearful. I'm sad. I'm disappointed. And now the woman says, I'm not disappointed about everything. See, that's the ego. <laughs> if you are stressed in your life, you are disappointed. I didn't have a perfect day. They didn't pay me more. They didn't say yes. I had to wait in traffic. It didn't, the light didn't turn red, green. <laughs> it's like I saw it ask you. There's so many things if you let yourself feel disappointed about it. But we, when we go on our male side, nothing disappoints me. Hey, that's life. I can handle it. Well, forget it. No big deal. Everybody makes mistakes. Those are the rationalizations that allow your testosterone to go up. You want to take away all the rationalizations and actually let yourself feel a raw emotional being. That's gonna produce estrogen. Next, what you do is disappointment. So tell me about your disappointments or anything that makes you feel sad or hurt. Okay, so this sad or hurt. Now you do that for a couple of minutes and then you shift gears. You don't dwell on any of the negativity, just explore it and now let it go. It's easy to let it go when you've got another negative emotion to go to. See, if you don't have another place to go, you stay stuck there. The brain gets stuck in any of these emotions where you just have another one to go to. And then, and whenever you're stressed, there's four levels of it always. You just have to look for them. You know, you look for it. Uh, I go on walks with my wife and she said, oh, look at that little flower and look at that little flower. I didn't see them until she pointed it out to me. You have to look for these emotions and you kind of, well, why would I look for negative emotions to stop feeling the negative emotion you're feeling now? Okay, so you go from anger the saddest disappointment hurt until help me understand that a little better. Tell me more. Then third level is tell me some of your concerns and worries are what you're afraid of. So many people talk about respect. Men need respect. Well, everybody needs respect, but women need it more. So honoring her first. And because when you share, let's just look at this. When you're sharing what's inside of you, you're opening up. That's your female energy. This is Alex Cleanthus, and today we're talking with John Gray. He's a best-selling author, he's a relationship expert, and he's the author of the number one selling book called Our Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus. I'm sure that you've heard about it. He's written over 20 books in his career, and he sold over 50 million books across the planet. That is a big feat. Um, and today, it's going to be like an interesting topic because it's going to be about how to build a strong 
a strong relationship at home to perform the optimum at work. Yes, this is a business podcast, but I think it is important to recognize that kind of our home life is super integrated, you know, with how we perform actually at work. And especially now, you know, in terms of the remote first environment where the home life and the work life is literally just a door or sometimes it's just the couch or sometimes it's something like that. It's become even, you know, more challenging. And so I'm excited about this because I think this is a challenge that so many people are actually having right now. Um, but just quickly before we get started, make sure to go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. Now let's get into it. Hello, John, and welcome. Well, hello, and it's a pleasure to be with you. I love this topic. Yeah, it's a really good topic. And like, it's such a challenging time right now. Um, but what kind of challenge, you know, like is this putting on people, right? Because the home life and the, the work life, they're so kind of in integrated at the moment. It's hard to separate. It's hard to switch off. There's stress from work that could start to seep in. So you know, like, what's the challenge, you know, like, like in this current environment? Yeah, huge, huge. And, and just having lockdowns, being at your home or working from home, it's become so common now in various places, massive challenge at home, massive challenge in relationships. You know, one of the things that made Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, the biggest selling relationship book in the world was some maybe like 10, 10 basic ideas that I fully fleshed out. Uh, and they're paramount important there because if you assume that men and women are pretty much the same, then people make a lot of mistakes in relationships. But just take the assumption for a moment that men and women are really different. And actually, those differences show up when you're married dramatically. So if you're both working from home and like we understand the stress levels and the cortisol thing and like you have your separate spots in the house, right? And then you want to finish work and you want to come together and be strong at night, right? And we understand all the challenges right now. Like, is there a good transitionary approach to like, so now work's finished, I'm going to meditate, she's going to go to the garden or, you know, so she'll meditate too, you know, like, you know, what's the... Like what are some ideas on how you can ensure that transition is as productive as possible? Well, there's two different aspects here. One, if your jobs are separate and different, it's really much easier. If you run, a, if you have a company, you're both working together. Uh, you can't talk about business after the sun goes down. You just can't bring up business when the, you see men have to forget business and women we've done, they've done studies on this. Women always bring business home with them. They don't have the turnoff switch that we have. Our muscle mass that produces testosterone, more testosterone is not only required for well-being, but it also gives us the ability to turn off our brain. That's why when meditation was taught a long time ago, primarily for men uh, and ironically for criminals. But basically, very, very important. But for women, it was more uh, singing praises to God and being a nurturing mother and giving unconditional love and valuing the earth, you know, all this rhythmic harmony. Oh, and, and now that's not the case. Women are over fighting battles. So when a woman is wearing her uniform, uh, she's got to take it off. And how do you take off that uniform if you're a woman? She has to realize this is her job. And if her husband has a job where they're working together, you, you can't go to him to take off the universe, your uniform. Mm. You have to talk to another woman or a therapist. 
You have to have somebody you can call and it's called co-counseling. You can just say, okay, give me 10 minutes. I'll give you 10 minutes. And what you do is you process your emotions. And I'll share how to do that very quickly. It does take time. And I already know that women won't do it. Most women, if you're way on your male side, you go, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. You have to do it. It's like, if you're overweight, you got to start dieting. You know, you got to exercise. You got to do it. And if you don't do it, don't blame your partner. Just be miserable and it's your fault. Okay. So let's just be, be aware of that. Uh, this is a hard thing to do. This is a hard thing to do. So, because women are not trained to do this and it's embarrassing to do it. And, but at least you start out with another woman. And who, who tends to be more emotional than you, that would be the ideal. And you'd say, okay, I need you to tell me whatever's stressing you out today. So you got another woman doing it for you. Who's not as much of an alpha as you. And then when she does it, you'll feel safer to do it. Okay. So that's part of the training is you find another woman who's because some women are just more emotional and they can do this easier. They don't have a big ego to defend. And so the questions are, uh, Tell me what's going on in your life right now that makes you angry or frustrates you. Okay, that's the red emotion. What's frustrating to me is what I don't like is what I'm angry about. And then amplify it. I really, really angry about it. So you just amplify and give them permission and use the phrase, I hate it. I hate that. Okay, so that's a little acting, but you're going to amplify. And it's important to amplify anger, particularly with women, because it's the most suppressed emotion inside of women. And the problem is, is when that anger is so suppressed, then the brain goes on overdrive to find reasons to be angry. <laughs> you know, these women who walk around with signs saying, I resent that, I resent that. It's actually they have repressed anger. And so when you have these strong emotions that are repressed, your brain is always looking to justify logically why you feel that way. So you actually create reality to problems that are not a big deal. So you just start with things that are Another woman who's more emotional and since you're going to ask the questions and then she's going to do it herself. And what you do is called co-counseling and that skills are in my books to remind you of this. There's a lot of information and beyond Mars and Venus and even a minute from Mars is called the feeling letter exercise. So you just do it verbally. First thing is what makes you frustrated or angry? Boom. Talk for a little bit. Amplify. Hey, you do that just for a couple of minutes. Okay. You have to learn to go through this stuff in 10 minutes. Okay. So amplify. Now, next question. What makes you feel disappointed or sad? Okay, what makes you feel disappointed or sad? And now use the phrase, I feel sad, bad, I feel disappointed because, and you might even throw in occasionally and why, and some more, more explanation for a couple of minutes. That's it. You dip into, I'm angry. The opposite emotion is sad, it's soft, it's maybe tearful, I'm sad, I'm disappointed. And now the woman says, I'm not disappointed about everything. See, that's the ego. <laughs> If you are stressed in your life, you are disappointed. I didn't have a perfect day. They didn't pay me more. They didn't say yes. I had to wait in traffic. It didn't. The light didn't turn red, green. It's like I saw it. There's so many things if you let yourself feel disappointed about it. But we, when we go on our male side, nothing disappoints me. Hey, that's life. I can handle it. Well, forget it. No big deal. Everybody makes mistakes. Those are the rationalizations that allow your testosterone to go up. You want to take away all the rationalizations and actually let yourself feel a raw emotional being that's going to produce estrogen. Next, what you do is disappointment. So tell me about your disappointments or anything that makes you feel sad or hurt. Okay. So this sad or hurt. Now you do that for a couple of minutes and then you shift gears. You don't dwell on any of the negativity, just explore it 
and now let it go. It's easy to let it go when you've got another negative emotion to go to. See, if you don't have another place to go, you stay stuck there. The brain gets stuck in any of these emotions where you just have another one to go to. And then, and whenever you're stressed, there's four levels of it always. You just have to look for them. You know, you look for it. Uh, I go on walks with my wife and she said, oh, look at that little flower and look at that little flower. I didn't see them until she pointed it out to me. You have to look for these emotions and you kind of, well, why would I look for negative emotions to stop feeling the negative emotion you're feeling now? Okay, so you go from anger to sadness, disappointment, hurt, and tell, help me understand that a little better. Tell me more. Then third level is tell me some of your concerns and worries are what you're afraid of. And it's irrational. It's okay to be irrational. This is just feel what's inside. Well, I guess I'm afraid my husband doesn't love me or I'm afraid my work will never be good enough. I'm afraid they judge me too much. I'm afraid, you know, I'm not beautiful enough. You go to places which are, we constantly rationalize them away. We want to feel the fear. You won't be, if, you, if you're in a stress, if you're not feeling lovey, a part of you is afraid. That's what you have to get. Fear underlines all, it's a fight or flight. It's all stress has fear in it. You want to articulate what is the fear? Now, give me an example if you got to, and this is for men to know who want to be manly men who are angry. No, that's wimpy. That means you're insecure. There's no man who's angry who's not also afraid. If you weren't afraid, there'd be no stress reaction and no anger. So this, these emotions are layered on each other. This is an advanced course in emotional intelligence that nobody teaches. A few people teach. Mm who took my courses. Mm. This is a Mars. This is my first book I wrote in 1984, which is what you feel you can heal. Every emotion has another emotion. And then another emotion you dive digging deeper. And then underneath that is guilt. You feel guilty. Mm. What? I'm not guilty. I'm blaming them. No part of you wouldn't be upset if you didn't feel some part of you that's threatened that I can't have what I want. You see, I used to be jealous of other writers getting best-selling books. I'm so jealous. I wait a second. Why am I so jealous? Because I'm afraid inside, afraid I won't be that bestseller. I'm afraid I won't be successful. If you're confident, you don't have jealousy. So it always is it's fear inside. But then you can clearly see that underneath that fear is a part of me that believes, even though consciously I don't believe, but subconsciously I believe, I guess I'm not good enough. I guess I can't achieve that. I can't. So I can't. That's the source. That's the, the pain point is a negative belief that's holding you from feeling really good. So then you can just go to, and what I wish, what I, and what do you wish? What do you want? What do you care about? And just see the answers that come up. Now we're moving towards positivity. And what is it that you want? And then you say what you want. And then you say, and what makes you happy? And what, what do you, first of all, you say, what makes you grateful? And what is it that makes you happy? And what is it that you're, uh, you um, feel excited about? And what is it you're proud of? Boom, you're in a good mood. And what did you do? You, you shifted feeling negative emotions, which does lower your stress a bit. But then you went to your positive emotions, you got the juice, and then your stress levels are gone. This is what women need to do today. It's a very powerful process to help them feel and express their emotions rather than feel what they think. You know, a lot of women say, oh, I feel like he doesn't love me. I feel like I can't get ahead in life. That's not an emotion. That's a head trip. That's what an adolescent girl does. Every word they say is, I feel like this. I feel like they can't even say anything without I feel like. And every I feel like is hiding an emotion that you're not being vulnerable to. 
Those emotions are there, but they're not rational. So stop being so rationalizing everything. Let yourself be non-logical, but logically go through the levels of emotion and bring them back to positive feelings. You do that with another woman. She's easier to do it with then have her do it with you and you will learn how to do this and your stress levels will dramatically go down. You will start to see that your partner loves you. They support you. And then you can ask for things, ask for support in a non-demanding way because you're already happy. Then he responds to it like he's not being criticized. So these are some foundations. So you need to have his time. Now that I mentioned that she has to do that with somebody else. Now, if your jobs are different, that makes it a lot easier. Then she can come home and that's called the Venus talk. She can do that with her husband because his tendency to want to tell her what to do will be less. You see, if she's complaining about a job you're both doing, he's always going to take it personally. Like I sh- you say, I should have done that. Well, I should have done that. But if it's a different job, then you have to, again, you have to introduce him to this idea. You first have to learn it. Maybe you have to learn it with another woman or you can learn it by journaling, reading the book over and over on this. It takes a while. This is an advanced skill. And it's really unrealistic to think that you're going to go home and do this unless you read the book. I just have to say that. to you. <laughs> yeah. I just know the experience of, you know, people that pay me money and I say, OK, now, did you do that? And they go, no. And then I have to take them through the process. Mm. But after a while, they can do it. it takes time. So one more question, because um, there's a lot to cover. This is why the books are so, <laughs> so important. Um, but, but one more question is, so those two things have happened now, right? So well, there's been the sharing time, there's been the meditation time just for the, the man. Yeah, that's a way of summarizing it, nicely yeah. said. Yeah, but then there's the sharing after that. There's the coming together. And then there's, um, I guess, the importance just um, just for the two people to share about their day, right? Now, yeah, but the masculine side is generally, they're trying to stop talking about it. That's, what, that's kind of yes. the example. But so how do you start to involve your partner in what's going on when you want to kind of switch off, but then they don't know what the day is like. And, you know, so where's the time for that? You know, so where does that happen? Okay. Yeah, it's good. You know, it it always, it should be women first. Okay. Open the door for women first. That's the priority. I believe that women, so many people talk about respect. Men need respect. Well, everybody needs respect, but women need it more. So honoring her first. And because when you share, let's just look at this. When you're sharing what's inside of you, you're opening up. That's your female energy. Just get that. That's, And when you're listening to somebody, that's your male energy. That's your testosterone energy. You're penetrating. You're going over there with, 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 with an awareness that I'm helping her. So that's really key is that she shares first so he can show interest. And well, what happened today? They can talk about their day. Uh, she can talk about her day. And as she talks, she can go, yeah, he can say, I relate to that because today this happened for me. His response should be, I relate to that because, you know, for example, if she's saying, you know, I was frustrated today when I was on the bus, it was taking so long or I was on the freeway. I says, yeah, you know, it's frustrating for me too when blah, blah, blah. His should be a response to the emotion that she's sharing, or at least the tone that she's sharing. So it's more of a response. And that's one way to do it. Uh, and they need that response. You know, a woman was just saying to me, I talked to my husband, he just stares. He didn't say anything. Another single woman was saying to me, he says he really likes listening to me, but when he's listening, he doesn't say anything. And this is where men need a little instruction. You have to respond. Whatever they, after a few sentences, you need to make a noise. You need to be, oh, that's interesting. Well, that makes sense. Or you can interrupt, you know, say, well, that makes sense. I relate to that. How you relate to that today, this happened for me. Uh, 
it's it's one of my courses uh, for women at my website. It teaches women to explain to men and also my courses for men explain. <laughs> but for women, just explain to it because he's not listening to this, maybe. So you explain to him, I don't need you to talk about your feelings. I just need to know the basically the lunch menu of what you ate today. <laughs> just simple things, you know, because most guys, women will say, how do you feel? Big mistake. Don't ever say just how do you feel? He doesn't want to go to his feelings. He's getting away from estrogen right away. But you can say, hey, tell me some of the things that happened today, you know, and and it doesn't have to be real deep. It's just like the lunch menu. What did you eat today? You know, what was the traffic like? And keep it because really when women want to penetrate into men, it's because they don't know they need him to penetrate into her. She is really looking for you to go into me, sometimes doesn't know it. So many times women will say to men, what do you feel? That's a sign she needs to talk about what she feels. She's looking to him talking about his feelings to somehow make it safe for her to talk about her feelings. But this is the need. So you go with, you start with your need. You can always kind of prime the pump. A lot of men say, my wife never wants to talk. Well, she's an alpha. She's on her male side, or she doesn't feel safe. She, or she's dysfunctional. One of those in that category. So what you do is you have to prime the pump by saying, hey, honey, today I had a great day. This happened and whatever happened. But what happened for you? So you prime it with a little bit of the lunch menu. The lunch menu is what you think and what you do. And try to stay away from negativity, maybe a little, like it's not a big deal negativity. And then it, and then <clears throat> that sort of primes the pump. Priming the pump for those that didn't have pumps <clears throat> means that <laughs> you put water in the pour water in the pump and then the water comes out of the pump. So a little priming the pump, but not your feelings. If you go into your feelings or do you feel I really need you to hear me, you need a therapist or a buddy, not your wife. If you feel I really need you to hear me, that doesn't prime the pump. What that does with a woman, it puts her on her male side at a time where she needs to be more on her female side. So there's a, you know, this is sophisticated stuff. There's a lot of problems that people mm. have, but how to get her back in touch with her feelings. Those are some examples of what can do it. And if you've ever had arguments where you yelled and you're a man, a part of her is terrified of you. That's just the reality. And some women will rationalize and go, everybody yells. No, you're terrified inside. The stress reaction is going to be just talking about him about something that might potentially upset him is going to cause you to suppress or come to him from a place of mistrust, which always activates him even more. So if you have these experiences that most couples have, you need a safe word. For her to use whenever you seem as a man to have more estrogen than testosterone. What is this safe for? That means if he has anger or he feels hurt or he's wanting to argue, he's raising his voice. The safe word is something she can say where he will stop and take his time out. Now, that's what women, you know, women, you got to do this. You got to have a safe word and do it. And she says, but he keeps talking. Just say the safe word and walk out of the room. That's called Taking a time out will stop all conflicts. And then to come back after that, and he has to stop talking. He has to, and he has a choice. He says, okay, I'll stop talking, but I do want to understand. I'll just listen now. Help me understand it better. So it's not like it's always over. But the safe word in my marriage is she just has to say, you're being mean. And I, most men have no problem with that. It just means you're sounding like you really mean what you say and you don't want to hear my point of view. Anytime you raise your voice, man, you're being mean. Just get it. Or you're being insensitive. You are. If you're raising your voice, you're being, <laughs> you, you could say you're being an animal. <laughs> Some men might like that. 
because uh, <laughs> you are. As soon as you become mean, you're becoming an animal. I'm now I'm laughing thinking about some of these wrestler guys. He's a real animal <laughs> with admiration, you know. Mm. And when I hear you're being mean, I don't take it personally because I'm a mean guy from the point of view. I mean what I say. I'm committed. I'm disciplined. I say I'm going to write a book. I mean it. Okay, mm. so so it, I, I don't have the connotation that I'm going to beat her up. Because uh, I never would do that. I, I haven't had that experience. But some guys who have actually been really violent, if you say mean, that's not a good safe word. Maybe you're being an animal might work better. You're being selfish, being insensitive. There's something about men where we can easily brush off uh, what I call an adjective, a negative na- a noun and that's used it to describe him as a being. If you if you say you're 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 talking too much. Are you're too critical? That's a behavior. Men get more defensive when you complain about their behaviors and they get even more defensive when you use rhetorical questions. This is for women to know. Like, how could you do that? When did, when did you start doing that? Well, how could you forget? Well, you just don't love me. See, these are behaviors and you're gonna criticize. And whenever you criticize a behavior, he's always gonna have a justification explanation and you're gonna be an argument. But you know, you're being mean. Yeah, I'm a mean guy. I'm not a perfect guy. It's actually, I feel good. You know, I don't have to be some namby-pamby nice guy all the time. You're not being nice. I'll try to be nicer. You know, it's like being true to who you are as a man. You know, if you, if a woman's not getting what she needs, you're insensitive. You're, in, you're not taking it. You're in, inconsiderate. Uh, you're being selfish. You're thinking about yourself. You're being mean. You're being an animal. Mm. So it's not that many things. Are you being, un- I'm totally unconscious is my mistake. I'm so sorry. You know, and then stop taking, if you have any irritation and annoyance that keeps your voice up, you got to take your time out to rebuild your testosterone. And then you come back by being nice. You don't come back and start the conversation again. Because as soon as you've been angry, there's a bruise. You're arguing, there's a bruise. It takes some time for the bruise to heal. So you come back and you'd be nice. You do something helpful. You know, when I go to my cave, she always knows I'm out of the cave because I will come over and stroke her hair as I come into the room. I put my arm around her. And if I did say mean things in the beginning, I used to say mean things. She'd say mean things too, but, but I would come back. I'm so sorry. I said that. And I didn't say, and you said something bad too. You should apologize. These are silly techniques. I, I, you know, it's not like we shouldn't, it's good to apologize. Apologies are good, but it's not good to demand them. We should not postpone. I can be loving until you apologize. I can come back and be loving and, and, and let you know my side of it. And usually that will open the door for your partner to feel safer, to apologize for things as well. But it's tough, tough when you think I'm going to apologize and somebody's going to say, you should apologize. <laughs> you don't want and, to and anymore. Then, yeah. And, you know, women often say to me, in my Mars Venus on a date book, I have a lot of great ideas in that one. But one of the things women say is, why don't men apologize? And I say, actually, men apologize way more than women. It's just that he stops after a while. Because when he apologizes, he thinks the conversation should be over. And when you apologize to a woman, it's just the beginning of her giving you all the reasons why you should apologize. (laughs) She needs to vent all this stuff. So men go, that just doesn't work. Because if you're with a guy and there's some dispute, okay, basically, okay, you're right. I'm wrong. I apologize. My bad. Usually for guys, that will do it. It's done. No need to have a big conversation after that. I get it. But for women, it's not so simple. It's, it creates a safety where she can now open up and share more of what's bothering her. And as the more words she uses when she feels safe, the higher her estrogen levels go, as long as 
you continue being centered on her in a positive state. Mm. So another communication skill for men, and this is a, uh, a technique I got from my friend Warren Farrell, who wrote a book called men, Why Men Are the Way They Are. Uh, wonderful book, uh, helping men understand to get rid of all this negative conditioning on men and understand what masculinity is. And he, he taught me, you know, when she's talking, just imagine a, a big golden ribbon, ribbon, like first place. I'm going to get that ribbon. First place comes down. <laughs> as long as I don't uh, argue or get angry, I'm Superman to her. That's what women are looking for. Someone I can undress in front of who loves me. Someone I can open my heart to who loves me. And someone who, who uh, hears my thoughts and still can appreciate and value me. And, mm. and, you know, when I just said someone who loves me, as I mentioned, and the only time you get angry at someone is the person you love. <laughs> I mean, you care more about their approval than anybody mm. else's. So, but being angry, you're no longer in touch with love. You're not loving. If you're angry, if you're feeling hurt, if you're scared of your partner, you're putting out pollution. And, and then you can say, oh, but I only say nice things. Then, then inside you're putting out even more pollution. What you hide is more powerful than what you put in words. So mm. it's important that we take responsibility for how we feel. Uh, it's just, we carry it around. It's affecting our partner until we just decide, I don't want to be affected by you. So we stop having sex, mm. but sex connects us and we're more affected by each other. But at the same time, working on learning these skills ensures a great sex life. And I tell you, for me, after I've had great sex, I can relax on Sunday and <laughs> I'm feeling good. There's no problems. Mm. Uh, it's a major stress reducer. And same thing for a woman. If she gets the time and attention she needs in the estrogen to have sex, she's able to go out of her mind. You know what the, what the French say is, is uh, a woman's orgasm is a, is a small, is a petite death. She literally dies. And what that's like is she gets out of her mind. She's out of fight or flight. She's out of looking at problems and she can just go into state of being. And it's so blissful for her. That's our potential, but we have to earn it. It's like, you want a successful business. You got to work hard at that mm -hmm. and you will become a successful over time. Mm. John, what a, like this conversation has gone so quick. Um, thank you so much for sharing today. Now you have so many books and you have the beyond Venus book, which is, um, the recent one, but you know, which is the best place to start for people that have heard uh, the people that have heard this conversation, they're interested to find out more. They want some of those, the solutions that you speak about. Um, but there's so many books that. Yeah. Yeah. I get yes. it. So, I get it. So where's the best place to start for them? Or what uh, would you recommend? To Go to marsvenus.com and there's a free class there. You see what a class does is it gives you exercises. It gives you assignments. It clearly states one idea and then another one and another one. We've had a conversation here and all really you can get is kind of an enlightening awareness that we all don't know what we're doing. And here's some good tips, mm. but it's not really a classroom where you learn this new skills. You, you really, we give you the exercises and a lot of thought goes into our free class. It's called how to get everything you want in your relationship. Uh, then there's another class that's not free, but it's not expensive. And that's our class, uh, how to get your me time for women only. And that's for women only. And that's there. We have a new class coming out in the new year, which is uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, understanding men for women only. What we have for men is my class on sex. 
<laughs> Secrets of Great Sex. Uh, and you'll get it all there. See, what men, the biggest booster a man can have is a woman, he's coming home anticipating that I can give my wife an orgasm and she'll be happy. And, and not every day, you don't need that. I last for a week. <laughs> it's like a glow that will last for a week and continue to keep your stress levels from being too high. We'll put it that way. It doesn't do everything, but Secrets of Great Sex explains to men what women need most. And then that now in terms of books, Men Are From Mars, if you're in a heterosexual relationship, gives you the basic communication skills. But if your partner is more on her, if she is more on her male side or he is more on his female side. Now, when a man's on his female side, his tendency is to be overly dependent on some kind of addiction or some kind of porn or some kind of passivity, some kind of laziness or anger or neediness. That's him on his female side. So beyond Mars and Venus gives us the skills to come back into balance. If your partner, the man's more on his female side or the woman more on her male side. And that would be if she's more on her male side, one of the common symptoms is negative thinking all the time, complaining, not being satisfied, not experiencing fulfillment. Her heart isn't open. She's found 50 reasons why she can't trust her partner. She's found 50 reasons why her life isn't working. That's all going to happen when you're too far on your male side. You're not making enough estrogen. So that is covered in the book Beyond Mars and Venus. And then the practical exercise, at least for women, are in the book, uh, in the course, How to Get Your Me Time. And for men, the practical exercises are in How to Have Great Sex. Love that. Uh, John, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. These are um, super important concepts to understand. And I think, you know, it's really interesting um, to see kind of how the little things actually have such a big impact to the whole relationship, right? And things that, you know, people, they may not often consider and like, like it may seem so trivial, but it seems that it's not trivial. It's actually really, really important. You know, like these small little things which people can do across a day in transitioning uh, basically from homework in to life. Right. And it's just really interesting. I I just get so inspired by you with your takeaway there. I just want to say one more thing. If we just look at history, men always went away and came back. (laughs) Men always go away. We need that space. We need that accomplishment and that achievement. That's not dependent on on our wife's love. We we need to be able to, feel that that's our self-love. Look what I've done to earn it. Then he's got the juice to come back and be with his partner. And if during the day there was stress, he will need to take some quiet time or some hobby time that doesn't involve his partner. Very important in order to rebuild that masculine side. And then he can go over to his female side and listen to her and connect with her and be attentive to her and desire her and love her. All that comes, but you have to know the prerequisite. And for her, she has a whole life of connection with different things and that builds her estrogen. So then she doesn't expect so much from him. It doesn't all get put on him. This is the way life used to be. You know, when I was in uh, going visiting and I think it was you know, one of these primitive countries, the women are all going down to the river to do the laundry. The kids are all there. They're all making noise. The women are complaining and talking and sharing and the emotions are all over the place. Talking, talking, talking. We don't have that today. And so we got to find a way to get that 
fulfill those basic needs so that we can find the balance inside of us, which is great when we can find it. Thank you so much. I love Fantastic, your summary. Fantastic, John. Fantastic. Um, I thank you again. Um, and we'll talk soon. Okay, great. Thanks for listening to the Growth Manifesto podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. For more episodes, please visit growthmanifesto.com forward slash podcast. And if you need help driving growth for your company, please get in touch with us at webprofits.io.